Yo, what's going on, guys, for another episode of Should I Play That? Episode 4. Watch, bro. What's going on, guys? It's another episode of Should I Play That with Chris and Rod. What's up, Rod? <laughs> uh, your intro never ceases to put a smile on my face. Because <laughs> i got to bring the energy. I have to yes. bring the hypeness. Like, you, you do. Wait until we do, like, a video podcast. You see, like, my... Like, I do the whole, like, hand motions and, like... Mm -hmm. Like, straight... Like, so, like, All Might, when he does, like, poses and whatnot. Like, that's me when I do all this. So, if you could get, like, a mental image of that and you know me, you should totally, like, put two and two together. But someone, someone photoshopped that. Someone photoshopped that. Someone, someone <laughs> clip that, guys. Clip that. <laughs> and I'm very excited, Chris, because we have a very special guest today very very special guest because you know this week we're gonna be talking about once again some looty shooties and we have a very special guest who's like someone that i go to for opinions on this type of stuff but we have kier aka kier the last walls on the show tonight what's going on man man nothing much man just you know doing my thing and kier how's your so been man it's if it, like Personally, it's been a, it's been a minute since we it, like, you know got it has it. it has it has man you know things things are doing well um I'm you know enjoying life enjoying work traveling you know doing what I can doing what you can that's what's up man so um if you guys haven't caught us before this is a gaming podcast um, aptly named should I play that and um, we talk about games we talk about what's going on in the in the industry what's going on in the culture. We're doing it for the culture, and uh, we're just here to have fun. So if you guys ever have any questions or want us to talk about particular things, uh, leave a message. You can like, share, do all that. And guess what, guys? Hmm. You can find us on all the streaming platforms, or well, at least all the major ones, at least the ones that matter, on iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> um, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Stitcher. Yep. Yo. Everything. I yeah, mean, it, iTunes it, is is very even even Google Play, which is is appropriate for today, especially. But yeah, I mean, I'm extre extremely excited about iTunes because that was like the only other major one that we were missing, and now we have it. We have had it as of five minutes ago, <laughs> so that's awesome. Very cool. And like side note about that, it was it was literally like just me not like putting it together. I think what it was was that the image size was like. Or percent like one percent too small like one pixel too small and it just wouldn't accept it and so finally i was like you know what let me just blow up this logo size and make it bigger so apple could accept us mm. and the apple overlords did as or or as our president mr <laughs> tim apple uh approved it for us <laughs> <laughs> praise apple all right <laughs> but um like I said, what we normally do when we start these shows is we like to talk about what we've been playing. And uh, this week, we're going to have uh, Mr. Kier The Last Walls lead us off with that, with our What You've Been Playing. So, Kier, what you been playing, man? <laughs> so it's been a it's been a half mix uh, between Anthem and The Division 2, heavily on The Division 2. I probably got about 70 hours in. Um, in the end game, kind of playing a little uh, and whatnot. And honestly, man, I'm enjoying every single second uh, from the division. Um, just to give a little backstory about myself, uh, well, as far as like the division is concerned, 
when the Division One came out, I was in love with the game from the trailer, like from from the trailer start. So much so that I bought it and spent at least uh, 150 hours on the Xbox One, the PlayStation, and the PC. I bought it. I bought the Gold Edition for all three versions. Um, and I was with them when you know people were ratting them out and you know calling them out and saying you know you know Division One was lacking this or the environment you know, had so many vulnerabilities and people were abusing things or whatnot. And, uh, you know, what I, what I really like about less about the game, but more about the company that's behind the game is that they stand behind their game. They really invest and, um, and really is leading the charge on listening to the community and driving the game based off of that community. They, they flew people out to, you know, redo the game to get that input from the top streamers uh, all the way out to Sweden. And um, so as, as we kind of talk about and go into the division two, you can see all of the foundation that the, that the division, the first division laid down for this division. And I mean, I'm just super ecstatic. Mm. So it's interesting that you say that because I'm listening to everything you're saying right now about the division two and I'm just nodding along like yes, yes. And then I remember what you said about your you were also playing Anthem. And yeah. I <laughs> everything everything that you just said about Division Two, I personally feel that Anthem lacks. However, you have really enjoyed Anthem, to to my yes. knowledge, right? Yes, yes. Now, I would love to hear your side of things. And I, I, we do we do have to say just quickly, last week we did say we're not talking about Anthem anymore on this show. But <laughs> but this is a special occasion. Special occasion right here. Yeah, because we have Kier, an extremely uh, big fan of these kind of games, a very uh, you know, intelligent individual. I really respect his opinion on a personal level. I want to hear what he has to say. So we're gonna we're we're gonna push past that from last week and and talk about Anthem a little bit. So Kier, tell us about your experience with Anthem. Okay, yeah, that perfectly fine. Um, I I want to start that off with, um, you know, again going back into the type of gamer that I am. I'm one of the gamers that, um, when I purchase a game, mm-hmm. I understand, you know, um. Sorry, I, I work in the software field, right? Mm-hmm. So I know how it feels as a developer mm-hmm. to send out their product, their product ahead of time from when they would have wanted it to because of um, financial or business business uh, decisions or it was business driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we of course we experience and we see games like that every like almost every single game you you can pretty much say that that's the scenario where a game a game is released significantly ahead of time in which it was actually supposed to be mm-hmm. um and and some games are able to you know build off of you know um off of the community to fully flush out the game and some games don't some games mm-hmm. don't just su- survive that window mm-hmm. um and so with that being said, Anthem, uh, I enjoyed my, you know, my initial experience, my initial leveling experience with Anthem. Um, when I, uh, as, as far as like the abilities, again, 
during the leveling experience were really cool. I started off playing the Ranger, and then I went to the Interceptor. Um, what propelled you to choose the Ranger, by the way? Because it felt like, to me, the Ranger was like kind of the middling, sort of like he didn't really have anything too special about him. What what drew you to that? So, to be honest, uh, you know, I'm I'm I've always... I've taken on the persona of one of the old, um, one of the old anime characters I used to uh, uh, watch a lot from Dot Hack Sign called Haseo. And he, what really drew me to him is that he was the, you know, jack of trades, master of none mm-hmm. type of type of individual. Mm-hmm. And so, literally every single game that I play, I enjoy games where, you know, I either play somebody who's similar like that, or maybe somebody who's like kind of seen as the underdog. And kind of show spotlight on them um, just to kind of, you know, be that beacon in the hope that when I'm playing online, I can be that person that, you know, the other three players are looking at like, oh, damn, you know, that's a good ranger. He's actually, you know, he's actually this character that we've been ratting out on. Mm-hmm. He actually does a good job for that. He may, he does, puts a good name for it. So. Mm, OK. OK, cool. So. um uh as I'm, as I, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really strong. I'm, I'm, I like the, the mix combination between abilities and melees and the guns. Um, honestly, the gun sounds are pretty trash, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just across the board. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, the it was, it was ability focused. Um, and then the, the, I love the flow and the feel of the interceptor within the environment uh, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Um, it, it, it really, it really feels like you're this af, uh, very athletic, acrobatic, um, dancer, you know, or blade dancer flipping and flying in the air. Mm-hmm. And I was just really able to, um, I, I you know, slick, slick intro. I kind of felt like Genji, but you know, just with, <laughs> just with, just with abilities. Right. And so that's, that's the reason why I treated it like such, you know, get in, do your abilities, get out. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of making a meta for my soul. And I think that was that was one of the one of the more important things that kind of helped me enjoy the game a little bit more is like uh-huh. to know my role with the character that I was playing with. Um, OK, so, you know, again, I uh, after I hit level 30, um, I hit a little bit of a wall um, because um, I don't know if you uh, uh, were listening to any of like when it was in the the, the beta phase or when mm-hmm. the people were doing in-game content, mm-hmm. but they were talking about the difficulty modifiers between you know uh, hard Grandmaster One, Grandmaster Two, Grandmaster Three, mm-hmm. and uh, you know people were just oh okay cool you know you got these these three different difficulty layers you know is the AI pretty smart. Um, you know, is is it going to be a different mechanic for each environment? Is it going to be something that's just, you know, really going to make us think hard about having to play? Mm-hmm. And the developers, developers look at us with a troll face and say, nope, we're just going <laughs> to increase the health and damage modifier by 300%. Mm, so like an could, artificial layer of difficulty, not correct. necessarily something that's genuinely difficult. Correct. Okay. Which I will, I will like to mention, the first division ran into that same wall. And... Mm. Even in the beta of the Division Two, they also ran into that wall um, as far as uh, when you have three character, when you have three players with you, mm-hmm. the difficulty, the diff- the the health modifier was bugged, so it w- it would just spike up tremendously mm-hmm. just for that just for that three player um, uh, scenario. If you had four players, you were good. If you had two players, you were good. But if you had three players, the the, the enemies were just 
bullet sponges. We we right. all know and know, know that or whatnot. I was gonna say, wasn't that a thing in Division One at one point? Because I remember yes. that. Yeah, I remember that being a thing where like if me and some friends were gonna play, I'd be like, right. hey. Like if it's gonna be three of us, just know that it's gonna be the you know really you know bullet spongy. Like it's gonna be pretty wild. So let's try and find a fourth. Right. Which um which um I'm happy you brought that up. Um you know division division had a better had a better has a better meta uh, or uh, uh, had a better identity as far as what the meta was gonna be like. Mm-hmm. So and which was a good and a bad thing because when they were bullet sponges. You literally had to play certain content, in-game content, a certain way. Right. Like, for example, that that very first um, conflict or mission where pretty much everybody had to hide under, uh, you know, uh, under a little bridge to, in order to even, you know, do the me- do all the mechanics for the uh, for the game, and you were only able to show your show your body or your face, you know, for one one tenth of the actual uh, battle or whatever. Um, so, oh, sorry, I guess I got a dog in the background. Um, so when you port that over to Anthem, however, due to the fact that everybody just more or less does the same thing, you're just a cool mech that does damage, right? But you do damage just slightly different. Nobody, nobody really had like a role other than the, um the 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 tank the tank class in that in that game the colossus you know he he had beefy stats and even still it's almost it's almost like um bioware was confused as far as you know where the where they wanted him to be because he seemed like a tank yeah. but then in in every description and every ability that you get he's actually the strongest um javelin out of all of them right right and that's one of the things that we chris and i both said that we enjoyed were it was kind of like the differences between them like they felt like they had substance like between all of the javelins and it felt like you really were kind of playing a different role a different sort i don't want to say different game but it, it the style of play tended to change from you know javelin to javelin depending on what you were and i that was something i was able to at least appreciate right and i i, I completely agree with you but the problem is mm-hmm. is you know, you you're able to be that unique, um, you know, pillar of hope or that champion or whatever. But the where the game really fails is when you have to bring people together to defeat a a a, a very hard obstacle. Mm. Um, and even with like even if you had like the best court uh, coordination or whatnot um, when the game first came out, that that poor difficulty modifier was. Um, not unbearable, mm-hmm. but just it, it's it's something that we've seen from many games in the past, and we'd have we would have hoped that that would have been something that they would have provided a little bit more challenge to, okay. um, you know, for each for each of the, uh, the you know they released three different in-game uh, uh, battles or whatnot. There should have been some type of logic um, where the bosses got smarter. Um, or, or, or did something. And let's just say that, you know, they didn't have time to, to make them smarter. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have time for that, then you should have just simply made different bosses in the same environment mm-hmm. and, 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 and that be, and that be the, you know, the raids or whatnot. Um, but the, the decision that they originally made as far as, you know, the, the health modifications was very poor, which turned a lot of people off. 
Mm. Anyways, um, we got past. I, I was out. Me and a few friends. We got past that, and you know, uh, uh, Grandmaster One was the one. This was a thing that we were farming for hours and on end or whatnot. And mm. that that was more or less fun once we got certain gear. Mm-hmm. However, I I literally felt that I hit a um, a DPS check wall with my ranger when I wanted to do Grandmaster Two to kind of give you like a, like a, like an idea about that like that first raid or that they implemented with the, the the giant bug or whatnot. Right. When we would go through that boss fight, we were able to down him within two turn two turns. Like he would. By the time he originally come out, we were able to DPS him down to about 50%, and then the next time he comes out, we burn him, and that's a wrap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we, I took that same team, um, and we struggled, we struggled to get to that uh, rank, uh, get to that point in Grandmaster Two, and mm-hmm. it took us over, it took us over an hour, um, not because wow. of, not because of uh, poor coordination, but just because of the ridiculous damage damage modification. Right. Yeah, the numbers. Took. Um, and, and, and when that ended up happening, um, all of the abilities that the ranger had that used to feel cool, powerful, uh, and things of that nature, Mm -hmm. they just really fell short. Hmm. Um, and I, and I really felt, you know, fairly pretty, pretty, pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things, which made me switch to the interceptor because the interceptor had the, you know, the melee attack the 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 damage uh the ability to apply the the buff everywhere to for the poison they also have a uh, a 33% damage resist uh, resistance um uh reduced resistance modification mm-hmm. that they could put on so mm-hmm. i was able to coordinate and be a little and and feel like i had a role within the team again right um, huh. but even still um because of that damage modifications and like the like you know you're essentially this elegant person or whatnot, but when you when you have such a high high scaling of uh, damage or whatnot from the enemies, you really don't really feel like you can do too much. Right, like you, you're glass the, cannon. Yeah, or glass cannon is an understatement. Mm-hmm. You, you're you're a paper towel with a disease on it or something like it's <laughs> it's 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 pretty it's pretty it was pretty depressing um so again going back in that same scenario you're doing that raid it took us about two and a half hours three overall failures three day de- three different nights to do one one successful run of that boss run and now, now here's the thing when you finally finished that did you get something good was it worth it after all that grind yeah no it was a it was a bunch of it was a bunch Ooh. of purple purple stuff purple epics or whatnot and uh, that was something that was extremely frustrating because I I I felt like all right I we I pushed really hard I I bust my behind with my team we got our we 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 went over and further and beyond you know what we probably should have for the second difficulty modifier um, and um, oh by the way from a from a from what they recommended we were um over um 40 40 uh, 40 gear scales higher than what they recommend to do that to do that content and it still was that that difficult for each one of us um and so you, you we 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 got super uninterested when we when we came across that we we did it a few more times on grandmaster 2 um, had a little bit more success, but still no good loot. 
Um, but then, when, so we just ended up reverting back into this Grandmaster One run mm-hmm. um, until they came out with a patch that kind of rescaled everything, but it was a double-edged sword. So wait, um, so let me, let me throw this in. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to play that one magical night where it was bugged and literally exotics and legendaries just like drop down? Like I rain? did. Yep the the night the night that they implemented the the patch on that that when they when they did the rescaling of everything, legendaries were reigning in Grandmaster ones, um, and so so at that point at that point did you think wow this game is fixed like we're actually getting what we deserve this is I could start playing again everything is meaningful everything is awesome so so. You, you know, it, it's it's interesting you can say that because I actually I actually did right. I, I I felt really good about you know being rewarded for something that I felt like I invested time in. Huh? Imagine that. Hmm. Um, <laughs> um. However, it um what I I had to have some one of my other people, one of my team members that I play with, they they threw kind of like a wrench into my 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 little happy ending um because that 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 patch did was a double edged sword for two reasons one that was a bug so when everything went back to when it where everybody went it was almost like the the glass sip, slipper from Cinderella was taken off and i found out like i'm, I'm riding in a a a de scoop pumpkin instead of a <laughs> yeah it was it's pretty it's pretty pretty bad um and the 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 second thing was that um, my class finally finally got a buff. Um, they reworked a lot of things for that ranger, and I was able to, you know, I was able to really do Grandmaster two stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I felt like when I when I the gear that I've received, the the effort that I put into my um, the effort the effort and time that I put into my gear, as well as my skills to learning that character and mastering that character, actually paid off when I was doing the Grandmaster two content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the problem that one of my peers um, or one of, my, one of the people I was playing with presented to me was that uh, they were a Colossus main, right? And they they had got all the they were they were pretty much toe to toe with me as far as gear is concerned, and they were they were they had kind of found their role within the game, um, you know, which was you know to to ignite people or to explode people or you know they they basically found their role okay but due to the scaling that they the the scaling that they put on everything his role be- got pretty useless in a sense and the game just got back to what the game the game reverted back into its base state um okay. and and I, and I and I think that's a problem that you know Bioware really needs to kind of figure or whomever needs to really figure out for them is your game. I understand it's just a looter shooter, I but you but you implemented four unique javelins, right? Um, to do these to do these amazing things, but they did not think too hard. Um, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, literally they 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 took the same exact mechanics from Andromeda. Um, and just threw them on javelins. They didn't think too hard about how those abilities can strengthen and empower the other javelins. So what I mean is like, let's just say, 
you know, the the storm or whatever, right? The, sto- the storm, you know, has these abilities that rain down and essentially cease, does a lot of crowd control, right? right. But right. it's a but it's a it's a glass cannon. Mm-hmm. Why why is there no why is there no synergy as far as if a storm does this, it increases Colossus's damage or aggro on these enemy or, or having a Colossus have the ability that if they're frozen and he does this, he gets ninety percent more aggro on those targets, thus allowing the storm to do more DPS and or to to do their role without having to worry about being one shotted. So I think what you're saying right there is indicative of one of my primary problems with Anthem is that it feels like Bungie, or Bungie, um, it feels like uh, Bioware d- literally did not think too deeply about its own systems. Like it feels like overall to me, I'm not going to, I won't rehash like everything that we've said about this game over the course of like several episodes at this point. But like, I will say that like it, one of the main issues is that nothing it feels half baked a lot of the ideas in this game feel half baked i think it does a few things really really well but then it feels like they only they take half steps in other directions and and what you're saying about how like hey wouldn't it be cool if like some of the classes did this and interacted in this way i feel like it's the same reason why there are weapon mods and 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 stats that give you zero percent boost to damage or whatever like they bioware didn't think enough about their own systems to to really have that stuff come into play like and i find that fascinating that even as someone who really really enjoyed it they're still a little bit lacking in that department like i find that so interesting um i don't know well, I, I, I honestly feel like from a development standpoint, right, um, they 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 have their they have their they have a poor understanding of what a mo- what a looter shooter really wants. Mm-hmm. Right. They that the, um, one of the things that I feel like like very few, almost none of these companies are doing is learn uh, is learning from their competitors. Absolutely. Which is really weird to me because it's not like there's like some type of law against it or is right. it, you know they can't do anything. You can buy the same damn game that I have right. and just literally pay somebody to play the game, mm-hmm. give your opinion about what what the game did well, what the game did poorly, mm-hmm. break that off break that off into a tree, mm-hmm. um uh, uh, make abstract ideas about you know what what did what were the um, what were the main components to to actually build that that main component right and build your game build 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 your game around what not to do and what what you should do yeah, absolutely like it's so frustrating that you know as as Chris and I said before like they seem to have not learned any of the lessons from something as far back as vanilla destiny one not only are you failing to fix the problems of past games competitor games as you said you're creating new issues and i don't at this point with when a game like division two comes out which is not only a sequel to to in its own franchise in the same genre as all these other games coming out it's the latest in these kind of games 
you compare Anthem to Destiny uh, Division 2, it's like, to me, a night and day comparison. It's like, this is what you don't do with Anthem. This is what you do do. This is the division. Like, and I, and I want to say, and I want to ask you this one last thing, and then we can jump into, uh, and we can jump into Division 2 stuff. But do you think that, here, do you think that BioWare can write this ship of Anthem if they, you know, do you think that they're, that they have put in that they've, they've put in the support that necessary to make that game really uh, correct itself at this point. I I honestly um, I say yes, and and that's and and that's why um, I I enjoyed my experience and why I'm going to continue enjoying my experience and giving my feedback on that mm-hmm. because I think that they. We're saying the obvious stuff, right? But there has to there has to be some. I'm I'm just going to be really optimistic and say there has to be some reason why they don't look at their competitors and say let's not do this. Right. Um, so with that being said, the only way that um, the only way that they're going to make their game better is by was with the community's feedback. We've seen from you know their main developers have responding to you know some some of the harsher. Uh, commentaries, and we even seen some of their managers reach out to um, I can't remember the, the gentleman's name from Reddit, but he uh, he let out a really decent uh, reply message out, and one of the managers for uh, for this game actually gave back a deep reply as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that they're invested on that level. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, I think the issue that we the the the, re- the reasoning that we have right now of why the game's in a state the way it is now. Mm-hmm is financial there's a financial reason for it Mm. um just working again a little bit of my industry as a software engineer we too make the same mistakes and one of the things that is really crazy to me and i work with one of the qtr engineers is we sit and have a closed door conversation and says and we say we know what success looks like we've seen it before we have we have done it in repetition, so we and we built our standard around that success. Mm-hmm. But we, but what we found is that if we go back and look at the projects or the systems or whatever we did that was done poorly, when we went back to that, um, went back to that product, we can go back and look at the the reason why certain things were skipped, the reason why certain things were rushed, the reason why certain certain things of quality weren't insured within our product has something to do about a financial milestone that needed to be met. Right. Right. And and I really and I honest to God feel that, you know, with Anthem, Anthem was a that same scenario happened where the developers were like, Hey, we we don't even have enough time to, mm-hmm. to push this out when we need to. Yeah. And and, and their and their publisher is like, we don't care. We need this out before the division two because we can't look stupid if we, right. if, we if we if we don't if we don't do it now division two is going to eat up everything yeah, is, go, is, is going to kill us yeah and speaking of that um let's uh let's go ahead and, and shift gears over to to division two for a moment yeah. uh chris what have you you were anticipating this game for a while i think right like yeah. you you were really looking forward to it let's 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 get into it. Let's talk about the division two. What were what were your thoughts going into that game? 
Well, I mean, going into it, like I knew that, um, you know, like they they went through it in Division One. Like they had like their whole like you know launch issues. They had um, like balancing issues, but like over time, they course corrected. Um, something that I will always give them props for is that before releasing like their next you know paid DLC whatever, they're like, hey guys, before releasing this DLC, we're actually gonna push the DLC back. And we're going to fix the game before we add on to something that you have to pay for. So kudos to Massive for that. Like, no other company will do something like that. They will release something half-baked and then release another half-baked product to, and then fix it later down the road. Like, they they halted everything and said, hey, we're going to try and perfect this game before we make you pay for anything else. So seeing that, you know, then they added, like, the different updates they grew themselves to become like a really good game, a really good franchise. So my biggest thing was that with these type of games, um, with their re-release of like, not really re-release, but their, you know, the sequel, are they going to really learn from what they did in the first game and like build that, build on that foundation? Or is it just going to be like, you know, you know, white noise and like, they didn't learn anything at all. So uh, going into the beta, that was the biggest question, and I was I was actually pleased. Um, I don't know if that was a combination of being let down from other loot shooters from before, or just actually seeing the the amount of work and effort that went into the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a combination of the yeah, two. I, yeah, I was about to say both, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> a combination of two, definitely. So after playing that beta, felt like it was you know a, a nice taste of what's to come. Mm-hmm. And jumping into the game, like it's, uh, I am having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really refreshing. Um, the gunplay and just like the just the game sounds like when you when you get when you pick up a gun in the game and you're shooting it, a lot of the guns have like really nice feedback. I think there was a point at one time that me and you were playing. And I picked up a uh, assault shotgun, like an auto shotgun, mm-hmm. and like I'm just shooting enemies, and you're like, "Whoa! Like, what are you using?" I'm like, "Yo, you remember <laughs> that? You remember um, Expendables? Remember that gun that Terry Terry Crews used? Yo, I am Terry Crews right now." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. The guns are very punchy. I love it. Exactly. So, um, it's I don't know. It's like it's a breath of fresh air because a lot of uh, a lot of sequels for games, a lot of times, don't really learn sometimes from their mistakes. So it's good seeing that you know Massive learned and they're they polished their product. And of course, you have you know bugs here and there, but it's nothing that's like game breaking. So yeah, right, right, nothing too bad. Nothing exactly. Too bad. I, yeah, am... What about you, man? Uh, I'm with you. I am actually with you on this. Like, I love, I, I really like The Division. There's a lot of things I really, really, really like about it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm in love with it yet, but I do, but it, but it's it's on the way. Like, I can feel it kind of, like, coming, you know? Like, I can feel it, the, the love is, is approaching. Um, there are some a few things that kind of bother me. I think this they, they didn't really do too much with the cover system this time around. I was hoping that it would be a little... Uh, less like it feels really sticky in a way like it like it doesn't feel super super perfect like you know that like the best cover system to me is like the gears Gears. yeah exactly um it that's like that just feels like every time you just slam up against a wall you just 
feel that like and it's so good i want every game to have that and some games emulate that really well um and the division even in the first one kind of had a very like kind of light feel to it i always feel like i'm never quite where i want to be in terms of cover i feel like i'm always kind of like switching cover automatically exposing myself and then getting shot to hell like i i feel like that always happens in in the division for me um so I'm not like super loving that. Uh, nothing so, really about wait. the. Mm-hmm. So here's a here's a pro tip for that because there's okay. a lot of things in this game that you honestly have to dig deep in the menus and it fixes a lot of gripes. But okay. uh, for that particular gripe, there's an option in in the settings that you could go from slow to quick cover. Slow to quick cover. Yeah, okay. so it's defaulted on like slow. When you put it to fast, you're essentially like. It's it's sort of similar to gears like when you trying to when you're trying to turn a cover you're actually yeah. turning it right then and there hmm. it's not there there isn't that awkward weird loading into a okay. car okay I will try that because anything to make that experience better for me is great um I am there's not much going on story wise which I guess isn't a huge complaint because the first one I wasn't really compelled by the story in that one either. There are some really weird political stuff, and I'm not sure if it's just because we're in 2019 in a very strange time in American politics. But, um, but I mean, it there's a lot of subtext there that is interesting to me. Like the opening cutscene is like, you know. It, it's like, hey, were you around when the world went to hell? Like, did you have a gun? If you didn't, you probably didn't survive. Like, it's, I don't know, it's really, really kind of weird. And maybe I'm ultra sensitive to that kind of thing nowadays. Um, but, you know, I, it, it sticks out to me because one of the uh, the, the producers, was they were, they were giving an interview and they were like, ah, this game's not political. But... It kind of is like it, it's it, you're by not taking a hard political stance, you kind of are in a way. And that feels really strange. Um, and there was um, something else. Oh, and I don't feel like the single player. I played a little bit solo uh, last night and the night before I played a little bit solo and like a couple hours. And it doesn't feel t- tuned quite right. Like I, it feels insanely hard to me um and i'm not sure if that's just by design if the game is just set to be played with other people but i mean surely they have to anticipate that some people are going to be playing by themselves or they won't have their friends all the time uh and i feel like the game is 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 i hesitate to use the word unfair but it feels a little like needlessly difficult at points and i had to restart a fight like maybe five times for something that seemed um kind of minute like in the grand scheme of things um but those are kind of like my minor gripes i virtually i I love almost everything else about this game like the graphics are insane i love the snowdrop engine that they're using like the weather effects are great when it rains it it's really coming down it's hard to see the fog effect after rain is is incredible um there are a lot of things that I really enjoy about this game. And like you were saying, Chris, like the gunplay is extremely satisfying. I think that in this particular genre right now, I think this is like second only to destiny. Um, this, it, it feels amazing. The guns look, I mean, it's a Tom Clancy game, so you can imagine they're going to take great care um, for, for those aspects. But yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And DC also is surprisingly, you know, kind of, kind of cool. 
It's, like, it's and apparently it's represented really well. Like I'm, really? I'm on message boards and people are like, yeah, I live in DC and like this is spot on. Like a little bit mm-hmm. more, more better, like better than what Division One was. Okay. Representation, uh, representation wise, but uh, Kier, yeah. uh, what about what about you, man? So for me, um, I've I've uh, where, where was I? I lost my train of thought. Oh, I wanted to speak on if you guys don't mind why the why I feel that they might have made uh, that single um, player experience a little challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I don't, I'm, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure familiar of how many Tom Clancy games that you've played in the past or just, you know, both you guys, but going back to some of the original like rainbow six, uh, you know, Las Vegas and, and those types of games, they were very tactical shooters that were realistic Mm-hmm. Um, to the point to where, you know, starting out on a mission, if you got shot like three times, you were dead. Right. It it didn't and and it and it almost came off like it was unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Division um wanted uh the the one of the things that Division Two wanted to learn from was their mistake on turning the players into bullet sponges themselves. Right. right. Like just wrecking machines. Yeah. Yeah. And and so with this game, they've done a really good job of um, making you seem powerful but not invincible. And that's mm-hmm. even and that's even um, you know this the whole the the whole storyline behind Division Two is behind that premise because in the first division you were super, you were basically superhumans, metahumans, um, with these cool abilities to do et cetera et cetera. In this division. They pretty much said, hey, I turned off your superhuman abilities, so you're just human, which means I can run through you. Um, and so that's what you're experiencing at the start of this game. You don't have those cool abilities that made you as powerful as you did in the first one. You don't have, you know, that tankiness, that, 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 same, that same strength that you once had when you were first initiated in the division. Uh, which which makes it again if you know if you were um, if you follow the game as closely uh, as I did in the first one, it really hit it close to home where you were just like, damn, this is the current state of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I'll and I'll agree because um, if if you guys followed you know the podcast, watch me stream, like mm-hmm. one of my AKAs should be reckless because that's how I play sometimes. I will run into a battle with a shotgun, with a grenade launcher, with a rocket launcher, and, like, do work. So, granted, the beginning of this game was, like you said, like, sort of, you know, hard, eye-opening, and I quickly, like, realized, hey, instead of using these shotguns and these uh, light machine guns, let me let me swap it up. Let me switch it out. Let me get, you know, a marksman rifle. Let me get, like, an assault rifle, and let me you know, be a little bit more tactical, you know, let me, when I see a, a bunch of enemies, instead of running in and, like, hitting them with a shotgun, let me hit a corner, try and get them to group up a little bit, and throw a grenade. Once I started doing small things like that, and started thinking about, like, how tactical I wanted to be, I actually flew through a couple of missions until they started throwing new enemy types and started, like, actively flanking me out and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I get that. It, it it just seems maybe a tad too harsh when you're literally throwing this exact same amount of enemies that you would at like a squad, a full squad of three other people, and like not only are you dealing with 
maybe six, seven, maybe eight ads on a screen, maybe a boss who's shooting grenade launchers at you, and some of the respawn points are a little harsh. Like, I had to redo an entire two sections of a particular map because I, I so someone hit me from across the map with a shotgun, no less. And I was like, you're kidding. And And something else that makes me think it might be that too. Have you guys experienced where, well, I don't know about you, Kier, but uh, have you experienced if you jumped into someone's game who is way ahead of you in level that your damage is amplified, but it doesn't feel like your armor has been, like, or your your health has been? Like, does oh, it feel like... Yeah, that's the that's, that's accurate. scaling. Yeah, they actively do that. Okay, okay, because I, I, it felt like my damage was, re- was better, but it felt like I was going down in, like, one shot every time and i was like whoa like and i'm not sure what the what the percentage is with that like what the actual math the algorithm is behind that but i'm not sure if that's something to tweak i've, I've seen some other people complain about that so i'm not sure if it was just me or if you guys experienced that uh i mean i i think it goes back to my um my little analogy before about just being reckless like once i mm-hmm. I stopped being reckless and I sort of like played a little bit more tactically. I, I I didn't come across that anymore. And like even now, when I'm doing missions now, like just before taping, I ran a mission with some people, and like we we're just we would get to a point and just get wrecked. And then finally, like we started using comms saying, "Hey, there's a sniper over here, look out!" Or you know, there's ads coming from this direction. Once we started playing tactically, we actually got through areas. So. That's a that's a that's actually a huge part. And another thing is like being able to swap like your loadouts on the fly and like change things up for the situation is just it's perfect. I love it so much. Mm. Okay. But um, here, um, sort of like we we're saying before, uh, you're you know really big on the division. So um, going from one to you know division one to division two, what are your thoughts? What like stood out to you? So one of the things that that stuck out to me was um, the Division One, and this is going to be a hard bold claim, but to me the Division the Division One from the Division Two kept the um, how intelligent the AI is, and then they made it better um, to where you know the the AI in the Division One was um, it was intelligent. It wasn't. It wasn't going to just sit there and just let you shoot it. It was going to go into cover. It was going to use abilities and things of that nature. But in the division two, they took that to a whole new level where the AIs will work with each other. They're not just. They're not just running like off a, off a normal script to where oh, if the player's doing this action, I'm going to go do this action. They have a. They will get a tactical a technical coordinated advantage over you. And they will force you into another, like another tactical advantage situation. They're always trying to get the better of you, and and no matter where you are in the game, um, and that's one of the things that I just, I, I just hands down love. I don't, I don't experience that in any other game with an AI being this smart. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, yesterday I was dealing with an AI that literally told me, "Hey, I'm about to flank him on the left, on the on the on the side of the red car." And I'm looking like, is this a real person? 
Like I, 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 I do have to uh, I do have to agree with you guys on that one. Like the, like seriously, like the the AI I do we do have to commend the, them uh, for for the, the programmers for doing that because they're they are very realistic. Not only do they have audible cues like you're saying here, but like I mean they they make decisions seemingly on the fly, like wherever you are, and they they do it very quickly. It's it's incredibly hard to to predict them. So definitely big ups to to, to those guys for that. And I feel like it's the right mix of. We're, like the game will throw like regular ads at you like you'll have like you know enemies that'll literally run towards you but i feel like that's just then set up enemies that will like try and set up those situations yeah. so while you while you're dealing with those enemies that are running directly in you you have like a sniper setting up you might have another enemy dropping like an ammo crate for other enemies to pick up to you know use specialized bullets like it gets it gets intense and if you're not careful you let them build up you're done at that mm-hmm. point Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like um, we each have different standpoints on like where we are in the game. Uh, Rod, you said like you're, uh, we're we're you know give or take like what level are you? How far are you into the game? About level sixteen, about um, I want to say four, 13, 14 hours in, and that's been with me playing for the last. I got the game on Friday, so yeah, like five days or so. Um, and so it's it's been it I mean it's been great and I'm I feel like I've barely scratched the surface like there's still plenty of control points for me to open up you know like there, there's a half a whole half of the map I haven't even seen yet so I'm excited yeah and then like towards my experience of like today I happen to have off so I literally no liked it because me and you were both like at the same point. But, like, right now, I'm level 29, about to hit 30. Oh, wow. And, yeah, a ton of hours into the game. Um, so, we'll, so we'll never play together, then? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, no, we'll play together. Um, but, like, I, I, I'm I, still having the same amount of fun at hour 30 that I'm having at level, you know, at, at hour one. Mm-hmm. And it's something where each, you know, hour that I'm playing, I'm not only getting better gear, but, like, my gameplay it's adapting. So like certain enemies will cause me to not be as reckless or certain, uh, certain places will like have me use different loadouts. So I'm still finding new ways to play, which is amazing. And yeah. I'm, I haven't even gotten into like, you know, legendary or exotic gear, which I can build, you know, loadouts around. So, you know, for people that are out there listening, yes, at hour 30, which I'm close to finishing the game, quote unquote, I still have a ton to do, and that leads into you, Kier. I think you said, uh, how many hours are you at right now? Oh, I'm at like 60. Yeah, so 60, you already hit the, the cap of 30. Like, you're you're in endgame right now. Yeah, I am. And one thing that I have to say about this game is, is uh, again, not going to rattle on, on any other games, but the the gear drops for this game, is draw dropping amazing um after you hit i want to say 27 28 you're just going to receive nothing but gold gear or nothing but just legendary gear you very you very rarely will run into something and it'll give you um superior gear everything is going to be high end um and not even that um this again my claim just on the behaviors that i saw i have three unique builds and one thing I saw in this game is that depending on how long and how much uh, what I accomplish with those gear sets, I will be rewarded with 
that same gear set, but with better stats on it. Um, so that, for that, the most part, helps out. Like, if you're trying to get the right roll on something, mm-hmm. it, you're not screwed in RNG by getting it once and never getting it again. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. Not to mention that they implemented the, the again, one, kudos to the first game. Um, they they added the um, the uh, specialization uh, toolkit that will allow you to do some migration from like let's just say you have a gear piece that you want to keep or you have a gear piece because there is a unique stat that you want or whatnot. Well, no worries, fam. You could just move that you can move that stat to the to a to a completely different piece of gear and just toss the old one away. And be rewarded with enhancing or further enhancing that piece of gear. Mm. Mm. So let me ask this, and like, I don't know this with with the way this game is sort of set up. I don't want to say not leading into spoilers, but like, what are some you know pro tips you want to give to people that are just getting into the game, or maybe they're already into the game that'll help them gear up towards end game? Like, what do you what are your like you know pro tips on that? So, um. Some of the pro tips that I have is, of course, you know, be wise about where you're spending your first um, um, division points or, or whatnot. Um, try to focus those into your uh, experience and resources. I know that people have been releasing videos and guides saying, hey, you know, save your side missions until you're level X or whatever. I'm going to argue and debate against that and say, don't hesitate because, um, you know, I was one of those people that said, okay, cool. I'm, I, I'm a pro leveler. You don't want me to do side missions until I'm 20. I got you fam. And what ended up happening, uh, is that I ended up reaching in game, ex- like probably from 25 to 30, I didn't have an opportunity to use side missions. I was just doing story mission, story mission, story mission, and I looked at looked left and right and realized I was level 30 and realized the game threw, uh, threw a lot more crap at me. Um mm. and I didn't have um I didn't have arguably all the the mods that I would have wanted to 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 really play how I wanted with certain mm-hmm. guns. Mhm. So I, I definitely recommend doing those side missions. If it gives you if it gives you a mod or a, a mod on a weapon, um, I, I definitely would recommend doing that. Don't um, don't hesitate on um, investing and in doing doing the, the open world stuff that gives you crafting materials. I'm going to tell you now that you probably might want to invest some time in doing that because crafting materials that you get at level 10 are still relevant. At level thirty. Hmm. Okay. That's exciting. Like I, I love hearing all of that because it's a, it it not only it doesn't make the leveling journey exciting like just from one to thirty, but like once you hit that end game, you know that it's it's not just merely a, a hamster wheel, but like, but you're actually continually working towards other things. Like that's that's awesome. Like I'm. I'm super impressed. And can we talk a bit for a second about how Massive is releasing all of the year one content for free? Yeah, man. I tell That's you. insane. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, they, they're really. I, I would say I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not too sure on who was who was the first game to um to to kind of make that claim that they're that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that the way that the division has set themselves up, like I see nothing but success for them. I I I, I just really don't. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I fell off of the division after about hour thirty, but not because I didn't like the game. I liked the game a lot, like plenty, and it was like a, it was a wholly satisfying experience. Like when I played that original division, I got my thirty hours out of it, and I was like, that was fun. I would play another one of these games. This game came, and then I, I would, I would, I would hear, you know, sometimes from you, Kier, like I would hear, like. Hey, the division's done this. It's done this. It's done that. Like they've added this to the dark zone, or they've added this new mode. Oh, now you can do this. Like they've tweaked that. Like I, all of these updates, it seemed like Massive was super interested in keeping that community going, keeping that that fan base kind of just whirring along. And I find that awesome. And if they keep doing that with Division Two, like I could stick around for longer than my hour thirty of this thing. And you know, maybe pop this in like every now and then just to kind of see what's going on. Like, I think that's that's awesome. I mean, it's an evolution of the live service, the or games as a service uh, type of game. I mean, this is a live game and and I love it. I love what they're doing with it. Yeah, um, the, here's my question, though. So mm-hmm. uh, the the content's going to be free. Yep. Uh, what was what was included in the gold edition, though, besides like the game releasing early? That's essentially it. You're mm-hmm. you, you're you're playing you're playing for um, a few cosmetic things and the ability to play the the any of the content that they release six or seven days before everyone else. So similar to what they they're pretty much doing with um with uh, the what's the other shooter that they have out? Um, I completely forgot the name of it. Wow. Uh, Wait, that, Rainbow that, Six Siege, oh, okay. Siege, yeah, right, uh, yeah. So pretty much they've done is they, I guess they'll do seasons, and if you have like this pass, then you'll get that content earlier. But all in all, everyone's gonna be getting the same stuff, which won't cap, you know, it won't stop one group of friends playing from another group of friends. Like everyone could could play together at some point. So oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, tip of my hat to that, and also. At least for me, when I find it that they're doing things like that, I'm more enticed to buying uh, stuff from the store. So like, oh yeah, yeah, like the cosmetic stuff, I don't feel as bad buying cosmetics if I know that I'm not like being forced to buy anything or whatever. So, right. yeah, that's, that's that's definitely a it's a good feeling. Like I feel like Division Two, like they uh, they really set themselves up for success in the future. Oh, for sure, for sure. In in the wake of something like Anthem, I think it's it's incredible, honestly. Like I'm I'm so glad. I'm I'm so happy for Massive. I'm happy for the division in general. It's it's great when a game comes out and it's and it's good. It's a good yep. feeling. And then quick shout out. So anyone playing on the PS4, if you want to join our clan, it's uh aptly named. Should I play that? But I think we had to shorten the name, so it's uh s-i-p-t so if you if you look uh look that up you'll find the clan and join us we can play sometime but that was my quick plug all right (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome but uh any last thoughts or any extra thoughts on division two anything you guys want to throw out there 
Um, one of the things that I, I, I want to take time to appreciate for the Division Two that they've done with the in-game um, is, uh, I, I, I don't know, are you guys familiar with the Shadows of Mordor um, or the you know, any of those games? Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I loved from that series was the 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 territory boss slash uh, fighting system not fighting system but just like how you know you could set one environment or one faction up to fight another faction and and kind of indirectly affect yours or whatnot mm-hmm. um that is something that's that they've seen to implement on the division and that to me is going to uh, has increased the longevity of this game twice fold um mm. which i really just again just have to give give shout outs to them on that like that's no one else has done it like mm-hmm. uh so it's basically giving you a reason to keep playing oh yeah if like 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 roddy was uh uh like saying you know if he just wants to hop on and look on the map and see Oh man, that territory is being attacked by such and such and such. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, this this uh, settlement over here is being attacked. Let me just go over there, help the people that's over there already fighting, fight the good fight. And mm-hmm. that in itself was the whole concept of the division. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So from the looks of it, looks like uh, if you guys haven't, or well, I mean, if you guys haven't like looked into the game, definitely look into it. It's um, if you play loot shooters, it looks like it's going to be a loot shooter that's going to grab your attention for a while. Yeah. Um, another another thing is like if you're into building like a particular build on how you like playing a certain game, this is another great game for that. Like the customization in this game is pretty good. I love yeah. that you could you could use mods and it could directly affect how that weapon or how your playstyle will work. Yeah, I can't believe I we talked about this game for how ever long and i didn't even mention like mods or the customization or the gear screen or how like intuitive all of that is like it's it's so so great that they were able to capitalize on a system a great already great system from the first game and you know brought it over to this and it's 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 just a stark contrast to everything else that's out there right now um maybe even outside of Destiny, maybe even a little bit better than destiny i might actually like this inventory management system better than destiny um yeah, and I and, and and there's so there's so much that you could do with it, and like being able to just throw things away in mass is really helpful, and yeah, I really love the UI in general. Yeah, so uh, definitely give it a shot. Um, it's something that on our Facebook page we'll be streaming, I guess, over the next couple of weeks, um, and I guess that's gonna lead into our, um, I guess, our little news bit, but. Um, Division two is out. Play it. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you should play that. So next up, um, sort of like what we did with last week's episode, we're going to split up our news and topics into two different parts. But um, this week, the little news portion is actually really small. Uh, Not a lot has gone on. So um, leading into our next game that we should be streaming at some point, Apex Legends Season 1 is finally finally here. So... (laughs) After a month of being live, uh, Apex Legends, like we said, I think we said this last week, uh, 50 million players. So, granted, very successful uh, launch uh, has led them into the season one. And 
more or less, it's like other shooters or other um, battle royales where there's season one, of course, when you get it, uh, you get the battle pass, you'll be able to do uh, level up, get different, I guess, uh, skins and badges and stuff like that. But I like that when they did this, they released a roadmap for 2019. Mm-hmm. And from what it seems, there's going to be four seasons this year uh, with season one starting in March season two starting in june season three in september and season four in december um all of them will have uh like this you know leveling up system where you level up get loot you'll also get a new legend you'll get new weapons and then new loot every season so i feel like that's gonna that's pretty much the norm behind these battle royales Mm -hmm. uh just throwing out there any of you guys uh rod uh, I know we've played a couple times, but Kier, have you played Apex? I have, um, which is kind of ironic because I hate Battle Royales with a burning <laughs> passion. Um, pretty sure you guys, some some of the people here know my affiliate beef with that. But, um, you know, Apex Legends definitely um, convinced me, you know, the fun that you can actually have with uh you know this battle the battle royale uh shenanigans mm-hmm. um more so for the abilities honestly uh but mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've i've had a i've had a decent amount of fun with uh apex all right nice and i uh, forgot to mention uh with this new season new legend octane uh he's out now and uh what's cool about him is that he's a little different i know before uh, we're talking on stream about, like, the movement speeds of the characters and how, like, granted, they have different body types, but they're all the same speed, essentially. This is the first character that's actually a bit faster with the weakness that since he's faster, he has less of a health pool. Um, and with his abilities, he can become even faster, but then lose health even more. But then he has another passive ability where he can heal himself while doing it, so... It's going to be pretty interesting to see, like, the type of montages that people set up with this character. Yeah. I'm very interested to play him. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Apex Legends. Um, next up, um, Call of Duty Mobile, which will be a Call of Duty multiplayer game, will be out sometime 2019. They announced that they're working on a multiplayer version for mobile phones, which... Um, Surprise, surprise, everyone's jumping into the mobile sphere right now. Uh, that's going to be out 2019. They're also, of course, you know, releasing like a console version of Call of Duty, which will be separate from this. And what's cool is that uh, Tencent, the company that's you know big on like Arena, Valor, and other big mobile games, they're helping out with this. So is this supposed to be like is this supposed to be like a modern warfare type thing? Is it based on advanced warfare? Like have they said anything? Black ops? Anything? From the screens, it sort of looks like black ops a little bit. So like, yeah, so more or less like they're going to reuse some maps from older Call of Duties, but uh, it looks pretty cool. I mean, it looks like Call of Duty on a phone. So let's see what type of spin Tencent is going to add to the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it should be maybe something that could potentially be having to do with what we're going to talk about later, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm, Maybe. All right, and to end off the news bit, um, speaking about redemptions, speaking about 
you know, releasing a half-baked product way earlier than it needed to be, but then sticking to the project and fixing itself. No Man's Sky is going to have a new update called Beyond. And with this update, they're setting out to um, fine-tune some of the things that they promised because over the past, like, year and a half, two years, uh, they slowly but surely gave us updates on stuff that was originally promised for the game. So we somewhat got a multiplayer. We got um, a little bit more in-depth of a story and, of course, more building things. But this new update is going to just fine-tune all of that. So that's about all the information we have on it. But uh, what about you guys? Are you guys – do you guys even care about No Man's Sky? Is that something on your radar? I I liked No Man's Sky a lot. Well, no, hold on. Whoa, no, I did not. What? I like the idea of No Man's Sky a lot. Okay, there we go. There I, we I go. did not. I did not like the <laughs> the execution of No Man's Sky, and I did not check out. Now, granted, I have heard that the updates that they've been Hello Games have been producing it has actually been really, really good. I have not tried it myself as I sold the game pretty quickly after I bought it, but I do think that it might be interesting to go back to maybe maybe this year at a certain point, maybe for a segment on the show or something. Um, maybe we could go back and explore what they have actually done with it. Um, I mean, you can build bases. You can do go underwater. Could you do that before? Mm. I don't know if you could do that before. I don't know. Um, but what's cool, though, is that all of these updates that they did in the past and this new right. Beyond update, it's all free. So if you have the game like me, I bought it digital, so I'm stuck with it. Um, <laughs> you still have it, or if you buy it at, you know, at a discounted price, or I'm even sure when the game gets updated and they release Beyond, I'm pretty sure they're not going to hike it back up to 60. It'll still be the regular price. It's all going to be free. So uh, definitely check it out if No Man's Sky happens to be on sale at some point between now and then. I'd say pick it up. It's at least, you know, worth uh, looking into. It's a better game than what it was when it released. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But with that, that's going to be the news bits. So um, this this week, our topic is going to be about what we talked about last week with uh, Google. Yeah, part two, if you will. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, Google, they finally had their uh, keynote speech at uh, GDC, and we have a new game streaming service called was it Stadia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everything that was rumored, I guess, is somewhat true. Um, like in the gaming industry, nothing could really be a secret, but it's it's pretty much a Netflix type service for. Uh, for gaming it's, uh, it's literally changing the game so uh i'm gonna go ahead and just give like a bullet list of what was announced during the live stream so to start off it's a streaming only concept it's instant access with a controller um so no box uh no extra hardware like it it is what it is it's just you and the service um it streams up to 4k 60 frames per second hdr and we'll see if it's true, but later add support for 8K and 120 frames per second. Uh, what's cool is that the instances, uh, like the GPU power for uh, Stadia, it's weird saying it, 
the um, GPU power is 10.7 teraflops, which is, I think, double the PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X. So it's going to be pretty powerful. Uh, you could do something where it's, um, like, let's say if you're watching a stream or you're watching a uh, trailer on YouTube, you could then, like, click play now and instantly launch it. So uh, a lot of this stuff is really going to tie together with uh, the Google services that are already out now. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, it connects using Chrome. You can stream between uh, your Chrome browser. You could stream on the phone and on pretty much any like Google type product. Um, I haven't seen anything on iOS, which I feel Google and Apple, they sort of have like differences on, I guess, what could be charged in their stores and whatnot. So I'd hold my breath to see it on iOS. Um, it's going to work on with existing controllers, so not just the Google controller that comes out for it. Uh, they confirmed that you'll do cross-platform multiplayer and save, save files, and you could do crouch, couch co-op and split screen. So that's uh, Stadia in a nutshell. What do you guys feel about it? I think there are too many unknown factors right now. Um, what? How much does it cost? What's the internet speed going to be like for 4K 60 frames per second HDR? Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, is it? I mean, do we know? That's part of, partially rhetorical, but you know, I genuinely do want to know. Like, is that something they discussed? Like, is that something that we know at any point? Like, a lot of that stuff sounds really great, but how much? power is that taking or how much bandwidth is that using on my internet you know people have data caps um i have data caps and something like this is a really great idea but i'm already not too super fond of downloading you know a hundred gigs of a game like from the internet you know we just got through talking about you know, Division 2, as much as I really like that game, like, it's 100 gigs to download. Like, I, you know, 50 gigs for the game, 50 gigs for the day one patch. Like, this is hefty stuff. So there, there's a lot of unknowns, seemingly, and, and things that they will presumably discuss later on. But, I mean, this was seemingly the, you know, here's here's the idea. Here's the concept. Here's what we want to accomplish, like, by going into the gaming space. Um, I'm going to need specifics before I get super, super hyped. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously the concept of cross-platform be- between a family of, of devices is cool and something that we've already started seeing with Xbox Anywhere, which is what we said last week. Um, you know, this is a, an evolution of that and, and an evolution of what they were doing last year with Project Scre- uh, Stream. So, so yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. So it's... I feel like it's past the stage of a concept because with Project Stream, um, you can even go out and like um, go to uh, Digital Foundry or like go to some other content creators talking about like their experience with Project Stream. Like some people on the record say that like they were playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey on like four, like was it like 40 megabits per second? And they were getting that 1080p. That's really, frames. yeah, but that's really high though. Like that's 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 a that's a lot for an average. Like my parents have like they pay for 30 megabytes down, you know. Like I'm not saying like my parents are gonna go 
you know, play video games. But I mean, do they want to have this? I mean, one of the things that they're they're championing is like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna have like low latency for everybody. Like, you know, that's that was a talk, literally a talking point in the conversation or in the in the keynote. And it's like, who is who is everyone? Like, if you're talking about forty megabytes down, like that doesn't sound like anything to us. But you know. That's not everybody. Not everybody has the infrastructure in their city to to get that. So it's like, who are they really going to target here? I mean, I feel like it's clear that they're targeting like the the gamers, the people that are watching streamers, the people that are streaming themselves, the people that already have started to transition into the digital marketplace. So I feel like it's a great option. So it's similar to like how uh, you look at you know, music or movies, like you don't have to download everything for those, uh, for movies or music. You can still do physical, but having that extra option of having digital, like it's a, it's, it's new. It's, it's, uh, it's, I'm not gonna say it's the future, but like it's, they're, they're changing the game. Like they're making it, they're, ma- they're making it more of a reality, if anything. I mean, yeah. I can't really argue too hard about that because, again, like, I mean, I think Microsoft is on the forefront of that, you know, with, with Play Anywhere. And I think that whatever their next console is is going to be this. I think it's going to be so, – or some variation of this. Um, and I also believe that what we're seeing now is what they initially tried to do and bungled with the the original Xbox One uh concept and plan like what what they were talking about by having in an all digital thing and i mean aren't we hearing rumors about that anyway right now like with the next box all digital like that's literally the name of it um i mean that that's what this seems like so for me it's like the 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 concept of these these consoles that the three major the big three they're coming out with maybe nintendo a little further out since switch is just a couple years old but Sony and Microsoft surely have irons in the fire on this particular idea. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation Now, you have um, the Xbox Game Pass. Like, these are things that are like, and which I have to say that, so for people making videos out there saying, oh, you know, this is uh, uh, Google Stadia, is it the end for Xbox? Please stop using those titles in yeah, no. videos. Like, no. it's not. Like there's no doom and gloom in this. This should be this should be something more or less like, hey, this is you know something that is that could potentially change how we play games in the future. I do wonder what this is going to mean, and at least in terms of maybe not killing off someone immediately, but in terms of Google entering the space, the console space. I mean, quote unquote, console space, and and really, you know, what is that going to mean for, you know, third party acquisitions? Like, will there be any? Like that, that to me is probably the bigger threat because they have all this money. I mean, it's it's Google, so they have money to play with here. Yeah, they already you know? announced that they have like their own studio now for yeah. their own first party titles. <sighs> That's what that that's what I wanted to mention real quick is uh, kind of an aside from what we were saying last week with Jade Raymond. She's actually the head of that studio, so it's called Stadia Games and Entertainment. And you're absolutely right; it's their it's their first party studio, and she's the lead of that, which is which is cool. So we now know what she is VP of. 
and uh and and that's that's exciting because if it's like okay cool they're gonna put some weight behind this and like what kind of talent are they gonna attract so i'm very curious to keep an eye on that but yeah i mean i don't think that i think that the you know people like what you're saying like these people going like you know oh, xbox is dead or playstation dead whatever like i don't think that's coming right now i think that the immediate threat would be you know again acquisitions from third parties like who are they going to partner with you know like that that kind of thing well yeah i mean it'll be and that's the that's the next thing is that the games for the most part uh of course uh ubisoft like they they showed off you know some of their games talked about assassin's creed so i feel like a lot of their titles we could expect Mm -hmm. but i mean i feel like it's more or less like a like a third party thing so like you won't see um you know, in Mario, you won't see Halo or anything like that. At least, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Seeing how you know Microsoft and Sony, they have their own platforms that they want people to buy their stuff. Um, yeah, no, so no, 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 I'm not too worried about that. I feel like PlayStation, Microsoft, uh, Nintendo, and then now Google, they can all have their separate space. But oh when yeah, it comes, yeah. But when it comes well, down to like you know third party games, um, so like the example of Anthem being out and then the division two being out like right after as a regular consumer most consumers can't say oh anthem's out this week division two's out next week i'm gonna buy both no for normal people it's anthem's coming out uh division two's coming out which one of these two games will be the better game so that i could afford to pay for one of these and play this for months down the road yeah, so yeah. a service like this will then make it where you see a trailer for a game and like, oh, wow, the game looks pretty cool. I want to try it out. Bam, there's a play button right there. You can play it. So it uh, removes, I feel like, that barrier of entry. Uh, but then, of course, like you were saying before, there's then uh, your whole internet infrastructure. Like, if you have the fast enough internet for it, which, of course, on the website, they already say that you have to have a strong internet connection. Um, so there's that. But I... Sort of like I look back and look at all these impressions of the project stream and people were saying like they were getting, you know, pretty good, uh, like they're getting low latency a lot of the times. So it was really good impressions. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, um, I'm definitely curious to see, like, I mean, I'm certainly not saying like acquisitions in the sense of like the big three. Like, I think that whatever they do, whoever they partner with is going to be on a much smaller scale. It will be a third party. I don't think that we're going to see any of the, the the big three go into this at all, at least not right in the not in the immediate future um, or even in the distant future. But, you know, what what they can they do with um, like what Microsoft was doing last year? They obtained what Obsidian and um, and a bunch of other a few other studios, Ninja Theory a bunch of those guys, like stuff like that. Like that is what we should really keep an eye on. And again, like I was saying earlier with like, they have money to play with in that regard, you know, they can do almost whatever they want to do at this point. And I think we should really pay very close attention to the industry uh, in the, in the coming months for sure, especially leading up to E3. Yeah. So Kira, how do you feel about, uh, about all this? How do you feel about Stadia? So, I'm conflicted, right? Um, I, I, one, I like the concept of being able to um, not have to depend on physical hardware 
and how much that changes and adapts and things of that nature to play the latest and greatest. Um, but at the same time, I have a huge concern for my, like, for, I have huge security uh, concerns. Um, we see our consoles as well as PC games get DDoS and attacked, you know, pretty on a, on a pretty consistent basis, you know. Um, what I would hate, right, is that, you know, this is a Google-based product, not out of 10, it's going to have Google services, uh, and it's going to be interconnected with other Google services. So, you know, basically all someone has to do now is attack and get into this one service and literally have access to everything else in my life. Um, and that to me is, is a very scary thing. Like I know we make jokes about, you know, Hey, you know, certain things have certain control over my, over people's lives and things of that nature. But no, on this level, literally someone could potentially get into financial things, personal things, uh, history about things. Um, and that's, that's, that's scary. That's scary as all hell. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's be real. Google's basically Skynet. They already have all that information now. <laughs> so, so like, well, I mean, are, are, I can't tell if you're joking. Like, are you being serious or like, like, are is that like an actual? Okay, no, so... no, sorry. That that no, that that is a that is a that is a serious concern for me. Okay, that, that's a turnoff as far as having them also be a part of my gaming thing due to the fact that financially i put a lot into that yeah no i'm i'm with you here I, I i'm with you like i think that's a legitimate concern i think a, a lot of people make light of something like that but i actually think that that's that's completely valid i'm asking chris like like i can't tell if you're joking when you're saying like hey like whatever screw it we've got like all the information out there already who cares like i can't tell if that's a, if you're joking or I'm like not, I want to know. I'm okay. not saying I'm not saying who cares, but I'm saying, what's to stop that stead hacker to hack the stuff already? See, okay, so man, I I don't know if we have time for this, but like, <laughs> but, <laughs> right? But but like this is it. It brings about a really interesting question of like, I mean, is I don't know if that is that the is that the morally responsible thing to do is to just throw your hands in, up in the air and say like they've got everything already like. Just let them have it all, like with no resistance whatsoever, or no effort on your part to to stop that from happening. So here's my thing. So I have two factor authentication on things. I use like very complex passwords on stuff. So I'm not saying that I want them to have my information, but at the same time, plug me in. I'm ready for this. Well, see, here's here's the thing behind that. Let's just say you got complex passwords, right? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter because it's being put on this application that's that's used to do comp- uh, compensation on video games. Not on, on top of that, you have to factor in the fact that not only is it doing video games, but it's doing video games at 1080p, potentially um if I'm not if I'm mistaken 8K. Like something like basically we're putting all of our our services on a supercomputer or a super service, so a password means nothing to something like that. The uh, like literally the most complex password it could break in potential hours, if not minutes, if someone got that under their control. 
So, oh, I mean, I, I see the, I, all right. So I see the threat here. I'm like things being hacked. Now here's another thing. When they were showing this off, they were also showing off, which was really, I mean, it's really weird just like thinking about it and watching it. But um, Google was talking about like how their AI adapts and like how we can learn things. And like they had one part where um, they were talking about how like they developed an AI to be like a StarCraft II player. So worst case scenario, this is Google trying to like figure out our video game tendencies to create a super AI to take us all out. That's worst case scenario. All right. Best say, best case scenario. We have a new Netflix like service for video games to make it easy. Mm. I feel like I'm the only one, <laughs> like the only one in the room right now. Like with my, my stadia hat on like hype for this but it's cool this is really early no i'm, I'm not saying have they given out like this like they're giving out you know some information like there's a couple things that i forgot to uh throw in like some more details but we're gonna get like the pricing we're gonna get more information sometime this summer um possibly of course during e3 but i feel like i'm and which is good i feel like i'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm more or less excited for this because I went on Reset Era and looked at a couple of uh, threads, and they've done some polls. A lot of people are completely against a console streaming service. Like, 54% of this particular poll I'm looking at right now, and this is as of, like, the day of them releasing it, which is still pretty, like, that's a big lead compared to, like, other options out there that they had um there's another option where they're like yeah they're willing but they're willing for just playstation now um but and like they broke it down to like playstation now they're willing to do just the project stream um or the xbox clouds xbox one services and then there's another one that's just like no i'm not willing to do any of this yeah i mean a lot of that stuff might come down to games too like what are the games that they're gonna have like you know are are they gonna be worth jumping into this and some of them i think it's just gonna gonna be because you you ask these same people that you know on you know reset era on reddit you know on the you know wherever youtube you know you got a lot of these people who are going to who weren't maybe as receptive to this maybe th- uh, four or five years ago when Microsoft announced its original plans. And they were like, no, never, like, you know, physical forever. And I think people are adjusting more and more to the idea of an all-digital future with things like Netflix, things like Hulu, and all streaming things all the time, and people cutting the cords more, and also discs meaning less, which is hurtful for me because I'm, I am a physical, like, person. Like, I get everything I can physically. So... But, I mean, even I realize at a certain point that disks are becoming, you know, redundant at a certain point. Like, the, the data is in, is no longer becoming uh, on the on the disk. Everything is going to your, your hard drive at this point. So, you know, I think people are more accustomed to that idea and, and, and getting more comfortable with it. And I think a 54% lead is, like, much smaller than I would have said five, six years ago. Yeah. And... I feel like there's there's a lot more to the service that, you know, I guess that as like a content creator that I'm more geared towards. So like they have an option where if I'm in, let's say I'm playing Division, 
and you know I'm streaming, and I want to play with you know you know with uh with the fan base. I could then hit an option to say I want to queue up with you know people that are watching my stream, and that could happen. So you know that's an option. There's another option where if um, let's say I'm playing Resident Evil 2 and I have three bullets left and I'm you know facing what's that? Uh, Mr. X. Mr. X. Mr. X is you know chasing me down a hallway. What to do? I could save that that very same scenario, put it out on the internet so other people could play that. Okay. So I just I I. I'm really excited to see what happens with this more or less just on the entertainment side. Like there's uh, I know for some people like the whole thing of watching someone play a video game is somewhat foreign to them, but this is adding more of like a flavor towards that. It's, Hey, not only you're watching me playing a video game, but if it's a multiplayer game, you can play with me. Or if you're watching me stream and I completely butcher that part, you know, with Mr. X, you're like, oh, I could have easily done that. I could upload that save file and go ahead and prove it to me. You could do it. Right. So I think they're they're making some pretty cool, pretty cool strides towards just the whole entertainment aspect. Um, the the thing that I'm concerned about, of course, is the pricing structure, whether or not it's something that's going to be affordable and um, biggest thing that I'm concerned about is that is Google here, which is, I mean, I can see that they're, they're taking things and like they're, they're showing that they're putting interest in this. So this isn't going to be another Google Hangouts or Google Plus where after a couple of years, they just give up on it, or at least I hope not. And that's the thing. Mm. So that's like my next big point is, is if, if this isn't successful in like a year or two, will they just can it like they do their other services? I mean, potentially, potentially. Yeah. We, I mean, we don't, we, we don't know. I think that's a great point that you bring up. Um, and I, clearly, there's evidence of that happening. I think gaming is too big of a space for them. I think they'd be leaving too much money on the table for them to just straight abandon it. Um, it could morph into something else, maybe at some point. But I mean, everybody wants a piece of this gaming pie, like right now, you know. And, yeah, it's, it, and it's easier to, than ever to, to, to do it, and at least with the might of Google behind you. Like, I mean, what they, I, I almost find it hard to believe that they can lose. And if, if you know how people say that, you know, it's, it's super easy to stream now, like everyone's like a t- content creator. Right. When this comes out, literally anyone can be a content creator. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years just to see how this morphs into something. Mm-hmm. And just like and just like the whole like conversation of playing a video game, sort of like how people are now um, when you look at Netflix and there's like a movie that comes out, it's like oh cool, there's a uh, like a Netflix original on Netflix. Let me just check it out. It, it's that easy now. It's become a it's not a thing where it's like oh there's a new movie out. Let me you know get money or more money to go out to a movie theater, make time to go see that movie to see that said movie. Exactly. exactly. Now it's simple. It's something like that bigger entry of seeing movies is gone. So now mm-hmm. we can do that with video games, which is I mean I'm just really excited about that. Yeah, for sure, with good reason. Yep. But um, that's that's pretty much it this week. Uh, unless you guys wanted to say anything else about Stadia? I think it's a wait and see. 
You know? It is. Yeah, keep a steady eye on it. Mm. Yeah. Kier, Kier, you sound like you're like <laughs> the same. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm I'm just really worried that this is lit, trying to control my life. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you already know my stance. Plug me in, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> Chris is ready ready to leave his physical body to go to the VNet. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, you remember those days I used to play VR? Like, in the, listen. I re- yes, I remember. Listen, oh, man. Please. Like I am ready for this future. Man, look, yeah, if I can get super hot on Stadia, maybe I might sign up. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so with that, that's another episode in the bag. Kier, once again, many thanks for joining us on this episode. Like I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and talk to us about Anthem and the Division. And um, anything on your plate that you want to shout out or put out there? Oh, I'm just happy to be here, honestly. Cool, cool. Uh, what about you, Rod? How you feeling? Yeah, two things. Number one, uh, like you said, Kier, thank you so much for coming on. You are a, a personal friend of the show, so you know, thank you so much for that. Um, and I really appreciate the in-depth analysis that you brought to the table for this episode particularly, so thank you. Um, and secondly, definitely tune in next week when we will be talking about Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. I'm extremely excited about this game. Um, maybe more so than anything else this year because I'm a huge FromSoft fan and I need me a Miyazaki fix so <laughs> <laughs> definitely check in for that you know, and notice another good point is that that's going to break our loot shooter curse of us <laughs> yeah. specifically talking about loot shooters we'll this finally have another game to talk about you're right, this is true I'm excited so, I'm excited about that too so with that, guys, that's Should I Play That, Episode 4. And guys, stay beastly. Peace. Peace.